0: Hey everyone, so you wanna know how to use Anchor, right? I'm here to inform, guide and help you on how to use Anchor. Anchor is a phone app and hosting site owned by Spotify. It's the awesome idea to start creating your podcast by attempting to be the one stop shop for podcasters without an extensive technical background. You can follow the vertical integration model, meaning that you can record, distribute and monetize your podcast. Why are you struggling with paying a hosting site, which includes promoting your show with limited storages? Forget about it. It's the simple fact that Unlimited Storages is free. It includes recording, adding music, intros, outros, and uploading episodes. Plus, you get paid some money to put in your pocket through sponsorships with no minimum listenership. That's fantastic and magnificent, isn't it? These are the important things to create and make a podcast. You can download Anchor on your phones, tablets, laptops, and computers, or you can check out anchor.fm so you can get a head start on your podcast right now. Remember, if you have a dream of creating your own podcast, don't let anyone stop you from achieving your goals and dreams. If I can reach the amount of success, loving what I love to do in this career, podcasting field, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening and have fun with your podcast. Let's go. a international long island aka strong Island, strong island canada the five spots of brooklyn bronx manhattan stand Island, queens this is your man g money stacks aka the gregonator youtuber host with the most misunderstood lonely nomad unstoppable independent podcaster and and queens new york native representing lawrence and queens new york and you're rocking and hanging with me and tuning and listening to the the 60th episode of the sports edition show of excellent fun vibrant talks podcast live and direct from stream yard alongside with youtube and alongside with um myself is the instagram live feed of the podcast show page make sure you turn on your notifications follow the podcast on instagram and you can know when each episode is going to be dropping and 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 Of course questions included in the insta story and posts and highlights of course and um um i do apologize for the i do apologize for um delaying the upcoming upcoming episodes um due to due to not only work but like you know a little mental health time for myself so you know what i'm saying just a little long story short anyway um if you are new to the channel and you missed any previous and new episodes that's already been dropped on every streaming platform, especially YouTube. Why don't you go ahead? Why don't you go ahead and catch up and grab that subscribe button for me on the sports YouTube channel page of Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Podcast. Tap the naughty naughty bell so, you, and along with alerts, so you can be reminded of when the show goes on the air via live stream along with the date, day and time. And also leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and sports topics that's going to be discussed and everything else in between. And if you miss any previous episodes um on stream platforms, don't worry, everything is all there. Share the episodes, share the videos, make sure you listen, stream and watch the episodes and of course um download the episodes, which is very important as well. And um and yeah, also tell a friend to another friend and everything else in between. I will fill you in on the rest um at the end of the show. All right, so um let me see. Yes, and if you like to make a charitable donation to support this to support the three podcast shows that i do this is the cash app right here which is dollar sign g money stacks 555 that's dollar sign capital g lowercase m-o-n-e-y um capital s lowercase t a c k z 555. um once again you don't need to be from a rich family that's privileged or with, a, with a mansion yachts whatever you want to call it um it's all about doing the best you can on whatever amount of money you choose to donate that you're comfortable with and desire will be appreciated so yeah there you have it right there um so there you have it right there and um and yes um and yes um like i said i do apologize for um delaying the upcoming future episodes and stuff. Um, but you know, other than that, man, I really want to, you know, get this out the way. So, so without further ado, without further ado, hold on a second here. Hold on a second here. Yeah. Without further ado, let's get into, let's get into, um, the quick side bleacher bar. We got some sports topics to get to a little bit of a recap of a little bit of a recap and a, a little recap um, on the aftermath of the playoffs and Super Bowl, which I get, which I been holding out on and a little bit of basketball and baseball news as well. So let's get into it right here right now. got a little bit of a a recap here and a little bit of football news and stuff um and of course um obviously um even though the new york giants made it to the playoffs but unfortunately they had lost to the eagles so um there was plenty of beautiful noise from the giants this season but the end came with a dull thud you lose this year this time of year it sucks coach brian the ball said and um, that sums up what went down Saturday night for the Giants they were ushered out of the playoffs rudely and decisive decisively to pull the curtain down on a season of rebirth and revitalization the time will come soon enough to look back and assess the progress and franchise made in Duball's first year as a coach but for now the this, sting this of getting blown out of blown out by the rivals, um, Eagles 38 to 7 at ruckus Lincoln Financial Field is the immediate irritation after a game that was never close. Hmm. Let's continue. So it sucks. Saquon Barkley said in a in a hushed visitors locker room. It was a fun team. The guys here, the coaches, the thing we were able to build this year, the way we played for each other this year, it was special. So obviously it didn't end the way we wanted it to end. No, it did not at all. And um, yeah, everyone in here, Thought we'd be playing either the Niners or the Cowboys next week since John Feliciano said it sucks. The Giants are done playing for the season. The end of the road and elimination from the playoffs is never pleasant for any team. And the Giants certainly believed they had what it takes to advance deeper and keep their season alive for at least one more week. That belief did not translate into action. In time though, what the franchise gained will resonate as a overwhelming success, given the the expectations and the likelihood that they would put together a winning season and actually make it into the postseason for the first time since 2016. I'm proud of where we came from to see the growth we've made as a team. It's been great to be a part of. Safety Xavier McKinney said, we're not there yet and we know that. The ball used a personable and level-headed approach to keep the Giants humming, and their 9-7-1 record was a quantum leap higher than even the most optimistic prognost- prognostications. The ascension of Daniel Jones into a franchise tight quarterback was stamped as near official with the, with his performance in a 31 to 24 first round playoff victory over the Vikings. Jones and Barkley do not have contracts for 2023 and what comes next with them will shape the franchise. Barkley has made no secret of where his heart and mind want to be. And he reiterated this after he ran nine nine times for 61 yards and was not much of, of a factor in the blowout loss. I've been vocal about how I how I feel and where where I want to be, Barkley said. That's outside my control. I wanted to show the the Giants that the guy they drafted is still here. I hope I did that. Everyone knows I would love to be a Giant for life. And um Brockley then paused and said, I can't envision that being my last time in the Giants uniform. Jones endured a rough final act, passing for only 135 yards and firing an interception late in the first quarter when his former teammate cornerback James Bradbury undercut Darius Slayton's route. Jones has steadfastly refused to discuss his future with the Giants, and after this game, he was given two opportunities to state he wants to return. He declined to make his wishes known. Um, Yeah, I think we'll get into that down the road, Jones said. I think at this point, this is still very fresh. This season, this loss will take some time to regroup and think through that going forward. Asked if his offseason goal is to remain with the Giants, Jones added, "Yeah, I think I. Yeah, I mean, I think like I said, we'll cross that bridge when I when we get there. I fully enjoyed playing here. I appreciate all the guys in the locker room. It's a special group of guys, and I really enjoyed being a part of it. So we'll figure out where that goes." no one around the giants was in the mood for much reflection after this terrible showing the eagles were 14 to 3 and the number one seed in the nfc and beat the giants three times this season twice extremely decisively this was a mismatch the eagles led 14 zip at the one quarter and 28 zip at halftime the Giants were out game 258-64 in the first half. The, the Eagles had 18 first downs. The Giants three. Jalen Hurts, showing no ill effects of the sprained shoulder that kept him out of two games late in the season, passed for two touchdowns, and ran for a third before halftime. Down seven-zip. The Giants managed to pick up two first downs, but came up empty when the ball, as he is, won't, 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 as he is, won't do. Um, roll the dice. Jones was sacked by um, Hassan Reddick on the third down. Hold on. Setting up up fourth and eighth from the Eagles 40-yard line and pushing the Giants out of field goal position, the ball did not call for the punt team. Jones was sacked once again by Reddick to set the Eagles up on their 48-yard line. They did not waste the golden field position. Hertz tossed a screen to Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith who eluded Nick McCloud for a nine yard scoring hookup to make it 14 zip. It never got any better for the Giants. I'm disappointed the ball said, I wish we could have done a better job. I wish I could have done a better job. I feel like crap. That's as honest as you can be. Okay, so the Giants playoff experience may be limited, but that didn't seem to bother head coach Brian DeBall. As New York, New York began its week preparing for its first playoff game since 2016, DeBall was asked about the lack of playoff experience on his roster. The Giants have only one player with Super Bowl experience and a laundry list of others who are appearing in the postseason for the first time in their career. The ball himself was the ball himself has been to the playoffs on a few occasions, but felt that having playoff experience may may be a tad overrated. I think really what you make out what you make out of it is the experience is probably overrated, to be honest with you. The ball said it's how you prepare how you practice and ultimately how you play the game and coach the game on whatever day it is. I've been around a lot of different teams that have had varying levels of, of experience. Some a lot, some a little, some not much. I think really what matters is taking advantage of the opportunities when they come and playing a good football game and coaching a good football game. The Giants will put that belief to the test this week as they get ready to face the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, which is, this is a recap of what went down in the football aftermath, folks. Um, For players like Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Julian Love, and Leonard Williams, it will be the first time they've played in the postseason. The playoffs spot have been clinched, Following their week 17 win over the Indianapolis Colts. But the Giants' opponent hadn't been decided upon until Sunday. The fact that New York is in the playoffs to begin with is surprising, considering where many had anticipated the Giants finishing the year. While the ball viewed playoff experience as overrated going into Sunday's game, he hadn't given much thought to what it will mean for what they are trying to build in new york i haven't even thought about it we're in the midst of our most important week of the seat the season just starting out the ball said and i really don't think about it at all to be honest with you i, th- I just think you make more out of it than it really is <clears throat> experience, not experience. The most important thing is playing and coaching well. This week is sure to feel different around the Giants facility, uh, considering the stakes. At different points of the year, the ball had been asked by reporters if certain games felt like playoff games. His constant response was no, mainly because if they, they lost, then they would still have games to play. That's not the case anymore. Obviously, The stakes are a little different. Um, The ball said, if you lose a game, you go home. Again, every year is different. Every year that I've been privileged to be a part of the playoffs has been different. A lot of different circumstances, different games, how many you played, and what I've experienced, what I've learned is none of that really matters. What matters is how you go and play the game on Sunday. Okay, so um, let's see what else we have to talk about here. Oh, let me make sure I get to the basketball news here. Um, yeah, one more football news. Um, we gotta talk about um the conc- we gotta talk about um the. Uh, okay, so we gotta talk about the Super Bowl um champions of all time of this year which is the we gotta say congratulations to the kansas city chiefs who won their second super bowl in four years on sunday night in arizona and fans back in missouri showed out scenes from hold on a second scenes from power and light district in downtown kansas city were incredible in the moments after the chiefs beat the philadelphia eagles 38 to 35 at state farm stadium in Super Bowl 50, 58. Yeah. Yes, yes, 58. um, So, yeah, so a bunch of people chimed in, actually, so we'll see. So, yeah, so let me see. So Fox Sports NFL says on Twitter, the moment the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, then another person says of course jacob lanier kansas city power and light is electric after the, the hashtag chief's kingdom hashtag super bowl 58 win hmm. and a few others say the moment the clock struck zero at the kansas the K, the kc power and light district and um of course plenty of others in the kansas city sports world were quick to congratulate the chiefs too so they're the champions and um yes there you have it right there the fireworks that started going off across the city were even picked up by the national weather service oh wow wow and then another uh, another person says of course um Hang on a second. I wonder what's on the radar in Kansas City tonight. Definitely not rain. <laughs> Travis Haying uh says on Twitter, fireworks over downtown Kansas City as the Chiefs defeat the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Um and alongside with alongside with everything. So Patrick, Patrick Mahomes led the Chiefs to a comeback. Thirty-eight to thirty-five win after putting up seventeen points in the fourth quarter to win their second Super Bowl in four years on Sunday night. Mahomes, who went twenty-one of twenty-seven for one eighty-two yards, threw three touchdowns in the win and earned Super Bowl MVP honors. Um. So. yeah let's let's make some noise for um I want to make some noise for the Kansas City um yeah let's make some noise hold on a second hold on a minute yeah let's make some noise one moment Okay, let's make some noise and congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs for winning Super Bowl 58. go to uh let's go to um let me see all right let's go to some basketball some basketball news right here um wait for it wait for it okay all right some basketball talk all right so here we are hold on one second Okay. Um, and this is from LakersDaily.com. Um, former Los Angeles Lakers and current Washington Wizards forward Kyle Kuz- Kuzma believes that the Lakers can make it to the NBA Finals this season. Los Angeles plays the Minnesota Timberwolves on Tuesday night in the league's play in tournament with a chance to earn the number 7 seed in the playoffs bracket with a win. Even if the Lakers lose, they will have a chance to earn the number 8 seed by beating the beating the winner of the game featuring the number 9 and number 10 seeds. Kuzma was a part of the Lakers team that won the NBA Finals in the 2019-20 to 20 season. <sighs> So he clearly knows firsthand what LeBron James and Anthony Davis are capable of in the postseason. The last time the Lakers were in the playoffs in the 2020-21 season, James wasn't fully healthy as he had injured his ankle earlier in the season and returned at less than 100% for the playoffs. <sighs> wow. Damn. That has, that really, that really got to suck though, man. That really has to suck right there, man. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so James is dealing with a foot injury this season, but he came back for several games to end the regular season um helping the lakers move up to the number seven spot in in the west Over the Lakers last 18 games, the, the, the team went 13 to 5, showing that it can contend in the West. The additions of 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 Roy Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and Mo Bamba at the trade deadline have also made the Lakers a deeper team this season. It's great to see Kuzma showing confidence in his former teammates, but the road to the 2023 NBA Finals won't be an easy one for the Lakers. If Los Angeles wins on Tuesday, the team would take on the number two seeded Memphis Grizzlies in the first round of the playoffs. From there, Los Angeles would face the winner of the matchup between the Golden State Warriors and Sacramento Kings in the second second round. If Los Angeles ends up in the number eight seed, it would have have to go through the top seeded Denver Nuggets in the first round of the playoffs With with the winner of the Los Angeles Clippers versus Phoenix Suns series winning in the second round. The Western Conference is tough this season, but Davis and James are a good duo as any to trust to to make the nba finals Cosma is putting his trust in them this postseason um and also in kyle Cosma news of course um let's get into it right here um and this is from sbnation.com um y'all know what y'all know that tweet that says the nba has gone zero days without drama Well, yeah, the NBA cannot go a single day without drama, with today's main characters being Brooklyn's Spencer Dinwiddle and Washington's Kyle Kuzma. Okay. Let's back, let's back up. Dwin. No, excuse me. Dinwiddle and Kazma used to be teammates with Dinwiddle and Kuzma being teammates on the Wizards after Dinwiddle was traded there in 2021 to 2022. Um, Dinwiddle would then leave and join the Dallas Mavericks while Kuzma stayed in Washington. Fast forward to January when the Wizards defeated the Mavericks 127 to 126. Dinwiddle had 20 points and eight assists, while Cosmo poured in 30 points and ultimately got the W. Which is when Dinwiddle had was asked about the Wizards after the game and had this to say. Um hold on a second. Hold on a second. Um, so, so Spencer, so this person says, um, on Twitter, Callie Kaplan, um, Spencer Dinwiddle After the Mavs lost to the Wizards, for them, it's a showcase. They are over there trying to get paid, not trying to play winning basketball for a team that has real aspirations and has an MVP. Went to conference finals last year. We have to be better to a man. And the next day Kuzma fired back and boy, did he not miss. And the funny thing is they don't play winning basketball. (laughs) Now, come along with us as Dinwiddle finally responds after, um, after three months on the run, on the running back show on fan duo tv den finally got the chance to respond um and um and this is from complex sports so you are probably not even a third star really on a good team because if you were the the lakers probably would have kept you Spencer dim didn't hold back on kyle kuzma Starting off the response with my agent told me not to respond is never a good move. It means you are walking down a road that everyone has told you not to go down. Yet you sprint down the path with a blindfold on, unable to realize the snare trap you are walking into. The most viral quote from the segment is this one. You are probably not even a third star really on a good team. Because if you were, the Lakers probably would have kept you. A significant blow dealt by words, but not a game ender. Damn. That's, damn, that's crazy. It's a combo move, but you are not in a health event yet. While Kyle Kuzma definitely heard what was said and has probably been holding on to this for ages. Because, woo boy, he went after then widow <clears throat> so um he responds um <clears throat> sorry um okay so since i'm so famous f- fan duo tv and and as Den widow underscore twenty five let me give you all some clout i'm usually unbothered but things on the internet but i will not allow this delusional guy to continue to talk about my teammates and i <clears throat> here's the thread in a six tweet thread kuzma basically destroys every argument den makes big line by big line the insecurity is loud comment den used cuz <laughs> kuzma flipped it and dunked it on him using his own words so the Wizards and I have so much real estate on Dim Dim shitty <laughs> Dim shitty Island. <laughs> this guy got signed by Teams um by a team 60 60 um 60 minutes and was traded before the following season was over. Not to mention he called that man damn shit up them shitty this shitty <laughs> oh shit wow wow that's that's pretty funny right there <laughs> damn he's really he's really throwing some shots man Talk about some shots, man. Damn.
1: Yeah,
0: he's throwing mad shots, man. That's funny, man. Um, I was sim I would simply never recover because that name is lasting (laughs) forever. Whatever dim widow does, someone with 48 followers on Twitter is going to comment that. And ratio him and for good reason. He also said Dinwiddle was dribbled around the league like a basketball, which again, if we're comparing this to a video game, cuz is a it's on a combo breaker right now, and Dimwiddle cannot defend, much like the Mavericks this year. I'll let y'all go through each tweet, but this one might be my favorite. <clears throat> <clears throat> Yeah, sorry about that. Hold on. Um <clears throat> um let's see, let's see, let's see. And of course, and he says, and last but not least, the only way you'll ever be worth your contract is if the NBA finally gives you your wish of getting paid in crypto check, in crypto check the markets, (laughs) enjoy your clicks. what a combo ender this is like sean michaels tuning no no turning turning up the band and nailing the sweet chin music <laughs> oh wow the swing chin music wow oh shit that's funny right there <laughs> Sweet chan music. This is the ultimate finish, the cinematic one that makes you real mad that you lost because now you have to see your character get brutalized and blown up in 4K. It's a shame neither of these teams are in the playoffs, but I know how we can solve this. Celebrity, celebrity boxing. Nah, I don't know about that. Um, Dinwidder versus Kuzma, oh nah just let them fight it out and see who wins it'll be fun for everyone not really not really man nobody wants to see two grown-ass men you know boxing and shit man like come on man like like y'all gotta get your shit together man i'm sorry but i'm not down with this shit, though anyway um anyway let's get to the philadelphia sixers <clears throat> Let's get to the philadelphia Sixers. so um here we are so the eastern conference third um seed philadelphia Sixers and six-seeded brooklyn nets meet in the first round of the 2023 nba playoffs the Sixers won the, the team's last playoff meeting in the 2019 open opening round and this is from sportsyahoo.com for those of you that's wondering um okay so more more yahoo sports nba first round playoff previews so this is going to be um milwaukee milwaukee bucks versus um miami heat boston celtics versus atlanta hawks cleveland cavaliers versus new york knicks Denver nuggets versus um minnesota timberwolves and um memphis grizzlies versus los angeles lakers Sacramento Kings versus Golden State Warriors. Phoenix Suns versus Los Angeles Clippers. How they got here? Uh, Philadelphia Sixers 54-28. Despite reinforcing the wing position over the summer, adding veterans um, DeAnthony Melton, PJ, PJ Puck, no, excuse me, PJ Tucker, and, and Daniel House. Hold on. The Sixers picked up where they left off at the end of last season when two-time returning MVP runner-up Joel Embiid was gassed. 33-year-old one-time MVP James Harden was cut and both were bounced from the playoffs short of the conference finals for a fourth straight season. Philadelphia lost four of its first five games and Harden to a strained right foot for us month, for a month at the start of November. Third-year guard Tyrese Maxey, um, who assumed the Sixers, the Sixers' were playmaking role in Harden's absence, and two-time returning MVP runner-up Joel Embiid both suffered um, left foot injuries in the weeks of the weeks afterward. Damn. Damn, that has that's gotta hurt, man. That's gotta hurt. yeah um yeah so as the calendar turned to december philadelphia was a 500 team in seventh place losing in double overtime to the lot of rebound houston rockets despite the healthy returns of harden and Embiid. then the Sixers took lebron james anthony anthony davis and the los angeles lakers to overtime on december 9th winning the first of eight straight and they never look back. Since that win over the Lakers, Philadelphia owns the East top rated offense um which is 119.4 points per 100 possessions and the league's best record 42 to 16. Hold on a second here. I didn't mean to do that. Um Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yes. Yeah, so, um Yes, yes 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 all right here we, yes and yeah one, 119.4 points per 100 possessions and the league's best record 42 to 16. everything starts with seven foot 280 pound and bid the the odd the odds on mvp favorite and an absolute force on both ends of the floor okay so all right um offense in the floor okay so um yes his three 33.1 points per per game um on 55 33 86 shooting splits are the most by a sensor in almost 50 years and he added 10.2 rebounds, 4.2 assists, and 2.7 combined blocks and steals per game. Harden turned down. No, excuse me. Turned returned to form as an an All NBA caliber offensive maestro, averaging 21 points on 44-39-87 splits and a league leading 10.7 assists per game. He and and bid combined for 18 free throws a night. And their pick-and-roll and roll, and pick and roll partnership is as deadly as any in the game. The emergence of Maxi 20.3 points per game on 48-43-85 splits gave Philadelphia a secondary playmaking option beyond um, the usual contributions of Tobias Harris, who's... Um, Thirty-seven point six million dollars salary. Um Alton mass his capabilities down the offensive death chart. Okay. Hmm. The additions of Tucker, Melton, and trade deadline acquisition Jalen McDaniels gave Sixers coach Doc Rivers enough defensive options to patch the problem of featuring Harden and Maxi in the backcourt. Philadelphia finished with a top ten defense, and its best liners performed closer to um, league leading levels with Embiid as the as the anchor once again six just look formidable entering the playoffs and once again Once again, the success of their season will be determined entirely by whether they can meet playoff expectations. Of course, um, all right, Brooklyn Nets, 45-37. Oh, boy. The Nets began the season with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, who's traded to the Mavericks. Okay, oh boy. The Nets, the Nets began the season with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, who's no longer with a broken neck. now is with the Mavericks, Ben Simmons, and plenty of questions about being swept from the first round of the 2022 playoffs. They answered none of them, save for a stretch of 18 wins and in, in 20 outings that briefly elevated, briefly elevated them among the eastern conference elite irving sandwich that run Irving sandwiched that run with an eight-game suspension for platforming, anti-semitic material, and a trade request on February 3rd. The Nets met Irving's demand dealing him to the Dallas Mavericks and then did the same with Durant requested a trade to the Phoenix Suns thereafter. The combined return for Brooklyn was Mikel Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dunwiddle, and the rights to six first-round draft picks. The incoming plethora of two-way wings might have been a perfect vehicle for Simmons' abilities, except mental and physical um, hurdles prevented the three-time All-Star from ever finding his stride. By the end of the by the end of the March, by the end of March, excuse me, Jock Vaughn, who assumed the Nets head coaching duties once they fired Steve Nash. Steve Nash seven games into the season officially ruled out Simmons for the rest of the season with knee and back injuries. Durant and Irving left the Nets in fifth place in early February, and the emergence of Bridges as a legitimate primary option held you no know, helped hold a guaranteed come on oh. Okay, the rent and Irving left the Nets in fifth place in early February, and the emergence of Bridges as a legitimate primary option helped hold a guaranteed playoff seed. Bridges um, averaged 26.1 points, 48, 38, 89 splits. 4.5 4.5 rebounds and 2.7 assists in 27 games down the stretch. Brooklyn has a plethora of wings and shooters to surround Bridges on a, on a roster that is once again ready for ready made for a superstar to elevate it into contention. As it were, Brooklyn finished 11-13. As currently co- constituted, after the All-Star break, owners of a negative net rating... Um, Defense can still keep the Nets in games, but the difficulty of generating half court offense. okay um but the difficulty of generating half-court offense um behind bridges as a first-time lead playmaker is a tall order come playoff time um head-to-head the Sixers swept their regular season series with the nets four zip um in their first meeting on november 22nd durant irving and simmons all started for brooklyn while philadelphia was without and bid Harden and Maxi, and the six is still one, one 115 to 106. The healthy Sixers handed Irving and company another loss two months later. Nobody played in Sunday's regular season's finale when G League mainstays Matt McClung and Louis King combined for 40 points in Philadelphia's blowout win of Brooklyn. The only showdown that could be considered a preview of this series was their meeting on February 11th, and even that came shortly before the All-Star break. In the first game, Bridges and Johnson dressed for the Nets. bid and Harden combined for 66 points in a 101 to 98 victory. But the but Brooklyn's defense stretched strangled everyone else on the Sixers enough to grant Bridges a game-winning layup attempt in the final seconds. Um, close-up lineups, Philadelphia Sixers, Embiid, Harden, and Harris will be on the floor in crunch time, and Tucker's 91 games of playoffs experience over the past six seasons have likely earned him a spot alongside them. Mountain joined the quartet in the Sixers' most used most used lineup this season a 1029 possession sample size that yield yielded a surplus of 6.8 points per 100 possessions. That net rating nearly doubled in 715 possessions with Maxi in the fifth spot. So expect Rivers to favor the 22-year-old until defense becomes the priority. Brooklyn Nets. The Nets have ridden, ridden the highly versatile small ball lineup of Dinwiddle, Finney Smith, Bridges, Johnson, and Royce O'Neal at times in fourth quarters, but they need size with Ambid on the floor of close games. That means subbing O'Neal out of six foot eleven, starting center Nick Claxton in a lineup that has outscored opponents by twenty points over three twenty eight minutes. That includes a a a plus eleven finish in twenty three minutes against the Sixers. Matchups to watch, of course, if Embiid is dominated as he was as he as he has done for the last five months. The Nets really have no shot. There is no guarantee given Ambit's history of injuries and conditioning issues in the playoffs, but it is a monumental task for Claxton. The only other certifiable big body on Brooklyn's roster is a developing day run sharp. Claxton did submit his best performance of the season opposite Ambid on january 25th claxton kept Ambid to 26 points on just six for 18 um shooting in that same game offering a modicum of hope he can reproduce some semblance of that effort in the in this series any minute any minutes actually Ambid is tom brooklyn's Parameter defenders can spend snuffing out the rest of the sixes. Uh, the NBA's tracking data provides another sliver of optimism. When the two sensors have been directly matched up against each other this season, Claxton has scored 21 points, on 10 to 12 field goal to ambage 26, 10 to 21 field goal on superior efficiency. That defies the eye. Test and the fact that Embiid gave Brooklyn 37 points on 18 shots in their last meeting. It would be a monumental upset if the Nets seriously threatened the Sixers in this in this series, but forcing Embiid to face his playoff demons early could be enough to put a scare into them. Um yeah, so there it is. So actually, so here it is. So, actually, it already happened. Well, game one, Brooklyn versus Philadelphia, Um, game one, game two, already happened. Wait, hold on. Already happened. Um, Game three, Philadelphia at Brooklyn on Thursday, April 20th, already happened. Um, The 22nd, Philadelphia at Brooklyn on Saturday, April 22nd. And then game five at Philadelphia on Monday, April 24th, um, which is tomorrow. Game 6 Philadelphia at Brooklyn on Thursday, April 27th and Saturday game 7 Brooklyn at Philadelphia on Saturday, April 29th. 6s and 6. Damn, son. Anyway, man, um, let me see what else we have to talk about here in regards to the NBA. Yes, so we have um Okay, we have we have the Brooklyn Nets given a c plus for the 2022 to 2023 nba season according to a recent article by bleacher report over the course of the season the nets finished the season with a 45 to 37 record and was able to earn the sixth seed in the eastern conference playoffs the MB- this season has been an interesting one for brooklyn and could be best described as a tale of two halves in the first half hold on. In the first half, the season was filled with was filled was filled was filled. No, was filled was drama. As Steve Nash was fired as head coach after a two to five start. And Jacques Jacques Vaughn, Jacques Vaughn was named as the head coach shortly afterwards. Then there was the incident with Kyrie Irving when he tweeted a, a link to a film containing anti-Semitic material. Despite the early season drama, Brooklyn was able to win the 12 straight games and um as the squad was able to keep basketball the the main thing. However, once the Kevin Durant sprained his right MCL, um Things went downhill from there as Irving and and Durant eventually requested trades. Here's what um, Bleacher Report had to say about about their season. The the spectacular failure of the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving era of the Brooklyn Nets has to be included in any analysis of this team. (laughs) Given the level of talent they had the sacrifices the team made to to acquire and build around them having to pull the plug mid-season feels like a failure but given the lack of leverage brooklyn seemed to have around the table that the excuse me not the table but the trade deadline the team and assets the nets emerged with are impressive um let's see so that's that's the end of them. Um, anyway, so let's go to the NBA playoff recaps. Okay, so the, so um, this is from Nets Daily. So the Brooklyn Nets visited the Philadelphia 76, 76, 76ers in the inaugural um, game of the 2023 NBA playoffs. A matchup between Eastern Conferences three seed and six seed. Brooklyn, however, entered a bigger underdog than the standings might imply. As Kyle Kuzma was quick to point out, the Nets finished the season on a on an eleven to thirteen stretch. The only time this newly formed squad has spent together, the Sixers meanwhile have been rolling since an early rough patch that ended around thanksgiving those trends continued in game one on saturday afternoon with the brooklyn nets suffering a 20 point loss despite playing well for large stretches of the game it turns out the underdog label that many nets side away from in the lead up to this this series was rightfully applied and brooklyn may be facing more of an uphill battle than they expected. Of course, game one, final score from game one on the road, Philadelphia 121, Brooklyn 101. Um, Hold on. Coming into, coming into the series and Saturday's game, the focus was on um, Joel Embiid and how the Nets were going to try to slow him down. Even the most casual fan, divorced from any X's and O's talk, was forced to consider Brooklyn's potential defensive strategies against the, presumpt- the presumptive MVP to double or not to double to switch or not to switch. There's just some things that you are going to have to be able to give up going into a series and you make adjustments along the way, but can't stop it all. For sure, says Jacques Vaughn (laughs) pregame. From Jump Street, it was clear what the Nets planned to give up. Three-pointers, double Joel Embed, um collapsed the paint, excuse me, on any and all drives and forced Philadelphia to win the, the game from deep. Unfortunately for Jacques Vaughn and staff, the Sixers were ready for the challenge right from the get-go. The home team shot 62% from deep in the first half jumping out to a 67 to 58 lead after the first 24 minutes immediately more than a few looks were uncontested but to add insult to injury james harden nailed a trio of his pat patented step back triples to cap the incendi- incendiary um incendiary half Ultimately, the Sixers would take the would take and many more three pointers than the Nets, finishing 21 to 43 from deep. Um in quote, you know, I think we can just do a better job of making guys knowing where guys want to shoot and don't want to shoot from instead of giving them the ones that they feel comfortable with, said Cam Johnson after the, the game but 21 threes is a lot of threes to make in a ball game for sure. Vaughn was slightly more pleased with his team's execution and disappointed with the results. Then you take the ones from Tobias off the bounce threes. He made it with a contest over Spencer, the James Harden 29 footer. Off the bounce with three seconds on the clock. That's just part of basketball you pat him on the back and say good shot we have to be disciplined enough that the shots that we want to give up because of game plan wise those are okay however the next head coach didn't did touch on another major issue for his squad when discussing philly's hot shooting saying that it would be interesting to watch the game again but when you take away the ones made off the offensive rebounds. Those, if we take care of the offensive rebounds, those you can take out of the equation. It'd be be hard to fault Vaughn for that assessment. Brooklyn was plagued by offensive rebounds all all game long. Nobody could box out P.J. Tucker, who snagged four on boards of his own in just the first half. The 76ers wound up taking 11 more shots in that first half than the nets did damn damn son damn that's that's gotta suck right there man oh boy yeah um (laughs) yeah that's gotta suck though man um anyway um Yeah, so um let's see. Um let me see, let me see where did I leave off. Yeah, um let's see. So 76ers wound up taking 11 more shots in the first half than the Nets did. Vaughn attributed some of the Brooklyn's glass related struggles to their doubling on of Embiid. admitting that you are not in your traditional spots once you start flying around. However, he believes increased effort can be a panacea going forward. You trap ambid, now you are rotating. Now you need another effort to stop the penetration, then go out for the rebound. It's just given multiple efforts. We just got to get that in our brain. That's, That's what it's going to take. In this in this series, um, it's not going to be traditional. We got to mix things up, take some risks. And we did that tonight. Johnson, who finished with an efficient 18 points on 11 shots, agreed with his coach. When you are doubling and rotating a lot, it becomes a little bit harder to box out. So we just have to have a continued high attention to guys crashing, putting bodies on them. It gets physical. It gets physical, and sometimes they are coming in clear, and you just got to take a hit, give a hit, whatever it takes. Given the Sixers' hot shooting and aggressive rebounding, how was Brooklyn still in it at halftime? Two reasons. The first being that despite roughness, around the edges the Nets played a strong first half it wasn't just that they shot 50 percent from deep themselves though that helped to keep Philadelphia in their sights rather rather they executed their game plan the doubles on Embed were largely successful the the dominant big was held on held to just 10 points in the first half and was a bit sluggish reacting to said double teams. The strategy certainly won the Nets some possessions and prevented the uh, opponent's best player from getting into a rhythm. Philadelphia accepted Brooklyn's gambit and damn near made every three pointer they took. But echoing Jacques Vaughn, you have to give, give up something. Especially as a significant underdog, it's it's be false it's be false false to say that the Nets' decision making or execution failed them to start this one. The second the second reason Brooklyn kept the close Mick Bridges. Simple enough. the The Philadelphia kid delivered big boy playoff level buckets in his homecoming. Um. There were not many catch-and-shoot threes, nor cuts, leading to easy looks at the rim. Bridges was attacking pick-and-roll defense with his now-signature pull-up jumper, or sizing defenders up in isolation. This huge dunk towards the end of the half after dusting James Harden certainly put a smile on Nets, Nets fans' faces everywhere. Um... Yeah. Despite exploding out of the gate, Bridges wasn't eager to douse praise on himself at the point in 23 first half points, just trying to be aggressive, you know, try to do whatever it takes to win coaching players, just finding me and just finding to be aggressive, trying to, you know, win the game. And if it was if if that wasn't clear enough, Bridges capped off his postgame presser with a pretty unambiguously claiming that none of that shit matters when you lose. If if it feels good to make some shots, but I'd rather miss shots and win. So it's whatever. Overall oh man. Overall, the first half was difficult to, to parse. The Nets were playing with effort and execution but we're still down nine is that more disheartening than being one's own worst enemy does it inspire less hope going forward knowing that your best may not be good enough broken brooklyn never did clear up the hump in the second half uh, the favorite kept punching the, under, the underdog and the underdog kept swinging back admirably admirably Excuse me, but the Nets never strung a combination together. The 76, 76 lead rested comfortably, comfortably uh, between six and 12 until mid midway through the fourth quarter, where a, a 15 to two run briefly pushed the lead to 20. Predictably, Brooklyn's offense just couldn't maintain such a high level for 48 minutes. Just, with just under three minutes left in the third quarter, the Nets sat at 81 points. Flash forward to just under nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, and the Nets still sat at 81 points. And that minus some tepid flirtation with what would have been a comeback for the ages was the game. Vaughn described the late game fall off to the fact that the game just slowed down in the second half a little bit and that was the biggest difference for us we have to keep this thing fast paced and it starts with stops seth curry echoed that message we didn't really get stops we didn't really get to get out and run as much because like i said they were getting two or three opportunities getting put backs scoring a lot in the second half the defensive struggles that vaughn and curry alluded to were certainly real Joe Ambid never really had the explosion his ruckus home crowd was waiting for. Of course, for ambid a fairly uninspiring game led to 26 points, but he only shot seven to 15 from the floor um, while grabbing five rebounds. The 28-year-old star, however, dissected the doubles he faced down the stretch, making quick decisions with improved spacing and cutting around him. Rather than waiting for two defenders to arrive, he brought the funk to them, whether spraying the ball around the court or looking for his own shot. Um, They adjusted to what we were doing defensively they put guys in different positions and they were able to combat our double teams a lot put joe amber in the middle of the floor obviously and he was able to move the ball around said curry honestly some of the stuff they did tonight were we were willing to live with so we got to we got to adjust for game two and that's why it's a series. Vaughn, meanwhile, um, credited Ambien as well, saying what he did do is reestablish himself. Whether it was in a repost or establishing himself at the top of the key once he gave it up, those are the ones we need to take away from him and, it, and and make it tougher for him to catch. There's nothing we want to allow to be easy, especially for those two guys on the other team. Oh yeah, that other guy. The play of James Harden certainly had to feel more painful for Nets fans He made seven of his 13 long-range attempts, hitting just a single two-pointer. But it was his passing, as it usually is, that elevated him to best player on the court status. The beard finished with 13 assists, uh, many of which came after dicing up various nets on drives to the paint, a new play of career high. So conversely, Spencer Dinwiddle was not so effective, his worst habits choosing a rough time to reappear. Gone was the decisive floor general that averaged 9.1 assists and just 2.1 turnovers in his second go-round as a net. <laughs> Damn, man. Damn, tough. Damn, that's crazy. That's crazy, though. All oh, right, um <laughs> That's crazy. But anyway, um, um Gone was damn Gone was the defensive um, floor general that averaged 9.1 assists and just 2.1 turnovers in his second go-around as a net. He did not control the game. Rather, it controlled him. Nearly of all his turnovers came on alley-oop attempts that were reasonable decisions, but poorly executed. An unfortunate Denwiddle specialty. Brooklyn's last gasp featured them cut the lead to 12 before allowed today ron sharp became a turnover that then became a tyrese maxi three-pointer ball game um Vaughn kept things largely positive um though when discussing his starting pg after the game i said to him during one of the timeouts the odds are in your favor and we're going to connect on a few of these the good thing is our bigs are getting to the rim it is available Whittle is far from the sole reason brooklyn lost this game of course the twins Bridges and Johnson combined for 48 points and on just 29 shots. And Curry shot 4-5 four, four, 10 points, but no other net chipped in much. And the whole team largely fell apart as the game progressed. Their demise was reflected in a couple of stat sheet oddities. Dorian Finney-Smith, who made both of his three-pointers, only saw 18 minutes of action. Curiously, Bridges only put two shots up in the second half. When asked if the Sixers did anything differently in the second half to limit his attempts, Bridges said, yeah, they were up and they were blitzing, so I was just trying to make the right reads. Brooklyn's head coach, meanwhile, took responsibility for his now star player's second half disappearance. It's on me to, to continue to get the ball to him and also continue to have pace where they are not boggling, bogging him down and holding him on and grabbing him and letting him not play with freedom of movement, said Vaughn. There were more straightforward, obviously troubling stats as well. Six of the nine nets in the rotation had multiple turnovers nobody rebounded particularly well the home favorite shot 19 more times than the road on the dog never a winning formula um brooklyn was outclassed on saturday despite playing a fast first half the double-edged sword they have a quick turnaround with game two in philadelphia on monday night and milestone watch how's this for a milestone the net the nets posted the best ever effective field goal percentage in a playoff loss at 65 percent per stat head uh reminder efg percent accounts for all field goal attempts and and weighs three point attempts as as more valuable but doesn't consider free throw attempts in its calculation. Brooklyn shot just ten to fifteen from the line on Saturday afternoon, but forty-five percent from the from deep and sixty-three percent from inside the arc. Mikael Bridges posted his first three. Hold on, thirty-point playoff game as a net in his very first playoff game as a net. He has one such game in thirty-five tries as a Phoenix Sun. Brooklyn, no, excuse me, Bridges now has 12 games of 30-plus points since joining Brooklyn. Joe Harris hit his 45th career playoff three-pointer as a net, moving him past Joe Johnson into the, into fourth place in franchise history. Next up, Deron, Deron Williams, who canned 45. Some fireworks. That is, if you can call the double tech. Technicals given to Joe Ambit and Royce O'Neill fireworks. And, um, hold on. Okay, so, um, Royce O'Neal and Joe Ambit both received technical fouls on a minor altercation. Okay, that was pretty dumb of them. That was pretty dumb. That was pretty dumb and dumb. Yeah, that was pretty dumb of them. Um, Vaughn had some spicy words for the referencing crew when discussing the minor altercation. Equal opportunity, I think it was. They wanted to give one to the guy, so they gave it to the other guy. If they would have called the out of bounds first, then we wouldn't have gotten to that play. Joel was out of bounds on that play anyway, and then we got to the altercation. That wasn't Vaughn's only targeted remark in his post-game presser, also saying that he hopes the referees will be calling a travel and offensive three three second on the big fella next game so I'll look forward to that game and shit of course extends beyond the game and of course obviously uh, obviously uh, obviously this is crazy so this is like a whole list of stuff okay so Okay, so what's next? Game two at the Wells Fargo Center is scheduled to tip off at seven thirty p.m. Eastern. The game will be simulcast both on YES Network as well as on TNT. The radio broadcast will be com- will come will, will comes courtesy as WFAN per usual. of course you can go to um the week re, the recaps of each link as far as the highlights of the brooklyn nets on to Nets Daily under what's next yeah netsdaily.com you can check that out for yourselves all right um let's see what else we got here um okay so let's go to all right carlos beltron yeah so of course obviously of course carlos beltron is back with the new york mets the same team that fired him just three years ago in the wake of his involvement in the houston astros cheating scandal beltron set to begin his new role as a special assistant to mets general manager on billy epler was asked wednesday if he ever thought he would work with the franchise again no chance beltron responded that's how the world goes around beltron a nine-time all-star who spent parts of seven seasons as a standout center fielder for the mets spent last season as an analyst for the yes network but said he missed being around players and the competition the three-time gold glove winner said he was offered several coaching jobs in the in other organizations but chose but chose the front desk the front office route instead when Beltron, hold on, when this opportunity came, it was a no brainer for me to say yes, Beltron said. This organization is part of who I am as a ball player. Beltran was hired by the by the Mets as their manager in November 2019, but was fired less than three months later after being the only player named in Major League Baseball's investigation of the Astros Science stealing scandal from 2017. He never managed a baseball game for the Mets. I never I went home and reflected on what happened and how it happened, Beltran said. We grow from moments that are tough in life a lot of times when you are going through a big storm you think that storm will never pass but it will pass tom heels belt beltron age 30 no excuse me age 45 did not rule out the possibility that he might want to manage someday he said working in television last season helped him stay relevant leading to the offseason phone call from epler that eventually um Materialize into a into a job opportunity. The job is going to allow me to be around prospects and the guys on the big league level. Beltron said, "My job is to help anywhere that I can." Beltron was a Rookie of the Year, three-time Gold Glove winner, and two-time s- s- Silver Slugger over a 20-year playing career during which he batted 279 with 435 home runs, 1,587 RBIs, and 300 312 stolen bases. He fell well short of making the Hall of Fame last month in his first year of eligibility. Some, some voters undoubtedly held back a vote because of Beltron's involvement in the Astral Science Stealing scandal as he was on just 46.5% of the ballots. A player needs to be on 75% to gain entry into the Hall of Fame. Beltron indicated he is well aware of the of some of the backlash that still exists a half decade later. I feel okay with it, Beltron said. I know I went through a moment in my career that was tough. I have some fans, and now I don't have those fans anymore. At the end of the day, I have to live with, I have to live with my life and move on. The Hall of Fame will be amazing if I could get there, but if I cannot get there, I feel proud of my career. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? Um. All right, let's go to Brett Beatty, man. Let's go to Brett Beatty. Um, let's go to Brett Beatty for a sec. Um. All right. So. Okay. So. Brett Beatty keep keeps making his case for another call up to the Mets, and it could. Be tough for the club to ignore soon. The stud third baseman prospect blasted a grand slam, his second grand slam and fifth fifth home run of the twenty twenty three season um, for a triple A Syracuse against the Scranton Wilkes Bar Rail Riders on Friday, giving the Mets a seven four lead in the fourth inning, en route to their eventual thirteen win. Um, Beatty hitting second and playing third base finished two for five with five RPIs and a walk. And following the game, his average moved to 433 and his slugging percentage set at 99.67. Um, okay, so. 967. Okay. Um. 967. Yes. So Syracuse began its fourth inning with Jose Peraza reaching on a f- fielding error. Then, after a strikeout, two additional runners reached when Nick Meyer walked and Lorenzo Cendrola singled. That brought up Beatty against Michael Gomez, and he launched the first pitch over the right field fence. It marked the second consecutive game where Beatty has homered, and he has recorded eight hits throughout the four game set against the rear Riders at PNC Field. Beatty also led Triple A in average exit velocity at entering Friday's games, according to SNY, at 100.4 miles per hour, even topping Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, the Padre star who singled. Hold on. Um, excuse me. Who signed a 14-year um, $350, million, $350 million contract in 2021 in El Paso. Hmm. El Paso. Okay. $340 million. Hold on a second. Three hundred and forty million dollars. All right. Um he dealt with an injury scare ten days ago when he exited the game against the Rochester Red Wings after he swung, started shaking his hand and later exited but what was eventually left lab- labeled as a sore right thumb the same one that requires surgery surgery for a torn ligament last year didn't lead to any structural damage and just inflammation allowing Beatty to return five days later in three of his five games back Beatty has launched a home run and with parts of the mets lineup continuing to struggle the 23 year old could provide a much needed spark and and more brett Beatty news along with running mauricio <clears throat> um to people who have been watching brett Beatty for a while now the way he's been he's been mashing the baseball doesn't come as a surprise <clears throat> Entering Friday, the second-ranked Mets prospect led all of Triple A in average average exit velocity by a fairly wide margin at 100.4, 100.4 miles per hour. He's the only batter at that at the minors' highest level that averages an exit exit velocity in the triple digits. The next move on the t- on the next the next two on the list, um, <clears throat> catcher um, Jorge Alfaro, who has seven years of MLB experience at ninety six miles per hour, and a rehabbing Fernando Tatis Tatis Jr who averages 95.2 miles per hour. If I make solid contact and stay within myself and hit the ball hard to pretty much whenever it's pitched, then good things tend to happen. I've always thought that way, Baby said. I'm just staying within myself and good things are happening right now. In In this era of baseball where everything can be tracked and measured there's an undeniable correlation between hard hit balls and base hits Beatty has tagged 13 balls over 100 miles per hour in his first nine games with 10 of them resulting in a hit he only has one ball put in play under 90 miles per hour uh, so far this season and only one of his five homers have come under 100 miles per hour feet yeah you know, miles per hour yeah the 23 year old miss, missed four games due to right thumb soreness the same thumb he had surgery on in the season when he returned to action on April 9th it was evident that the discomfort was no longer there he swatted a flyout one, 106 miles per hour in his fourth play appearance of that game. Um, MLB's number 19 overall prospect is batting 400 with a 1.386 OPS. <laughs> I always try to tell myself, you've got to do it again the next day. I try not to get too high, not to get too low, and just try to play the best of my ability every single night, Beatty said. He may not smoke the ball on a con. On a consistent basis, the way Beatty does, but teammate Ronnie Ronnie Mauricio has been opening eyes in his first taste of Triple A. Once a top 100 prospect, the shortstop has struggled for the past couple of years before breaking out in Linden by earning MVP hon um MVP honors. Excuse me. Um. He continued his hot hitting in spring training, going yard three times in four games, and hasn't stopped since joining Syracuse after ripping three doubles and a homer in the Mets' most recent game. New York's um, number six prospect is slashing 380, 436, 880 with 12 extra base hits, including the team's leading six dingers. It's the second straight game that Beatty and Mauricio have both gone deep. Okay, so um, speaking of speaking of prospects, Francisco Lindor wants to make a legacy one brick at a time. That's not a bad idea. Um, let me see. So um, Carlos Beltran's um. Return to the mess can make you think about redemption or second chances, forgiving or forgetting. It made me think a lot about a guy who was taking batting practice on the main field. It made me think about. It made me think about a lot. It made me think think a lot about a guy who was taking batting practice on the main field at Clover Clover Park as Beltron, New Mets assistant to the general manager, talked to reporters Wednesday morning near the home dugout. Um, a few hours later. Francisco Lindor described his first two years with Mets as 50-50, one good and one bad. That's exactly how the first two, two years went for another switch hitter from Puerto Rico after he signed a huge contract with the Mets. Beltron had a problematic first season after signing a seven-year, $119 million deal following the 2004 season. Hmm. Um that was part of an at times tortuous relationship with the organization. First as a player, um, um fractured cheekbone after colliding with Mike Cameron, called third strike against Aaron, no Adam Wainwright, falling out of favor with ownership after disputes with the will over the state of his knees and then as an almost manager fired before ever managing a game following revelations of deep involvement in the astral sign stealing scheme oh boy But whatever the valleys, Beltron is among the best position players in Mets history. I ranked Beltran second behind Mike Piazza and ahead of the of David Wright, Keith Hernandez, and Darryl Strawberry. I consulted the foremost expert in Mets history on our staff, Column, columnist Mike Vaccaro, who had the same list. You want to quibble and say Beltron was third or fourth? Sure, go ahead. He's an all-time great Met. Um, I wonder whether Lindor will break into upper echelons while working through a 10-year, $341 million extension that began last season. Hmm. and also whether he cares the first part will take time as it will also for players such as peter Alonzo, jeff mcneil and brendan nimmo as for the second question lindor left no doubt he cares about his immense legacy quite a bit yeah if i stay healthy lindor said i'm a big believer that you do things little by little and eventually they stack up you build a wall with one brick at a time and i go slow slow hopefully i can continue to build a wall because i take so much pride in what i do and how i get how i get it done that i i love i would love toward the end of my career if i can acknowledge man i gave you everything and then saying i'm out <laughs> That would be the utmost besides winning the championship. If I can have the championship trophy and and that great Met career, then I can say Mets owner Steve Cohen, Alex Cohen, um, we did this. Lindor's relationship with ownership um diverges from that of Beltron, whose history with the wool ponds was chilly, not chummy. Lindor recalls a phone call he received from Steve Korn when he was in a slump during the problematic 2021 Mets debut season. Lindor said the Mets owner told him, "Hey, I have bad days at the office too. It's okay." I was like, "Man, this guy is calling me when I am like zero for 25, and we talked baseball for three minutes, and his job for a lot more than that." There is some. There is a sense in that. There's a sense in fact that Lindor is akin to an untitled assistant general manager, having grown close and gotten the air of Steve and Alex Cohen, whose parents and Lindor are from the same town of Puerto Rico, Caguas. To that Lindor said, I would say that Steve Cohen is a gatherer. He gathers information, whether he uses the information I give him or not is his decision the same with alex but from what i have seen over the years is hey this is what i think they listen to it and some things you see and some things come out the opposite of what i said and that is fun That is gathering information and making the decision based on what they think is best for the organization, not for one player. And I love that. Lindor said as a young player in Cleveland, he didn't have the seniority to have the same voice. Over time, however, he developed an open door call anytime policy with president of baseball operations, Chris Antonetti and manager Terry Francona. Lindor said with experience, he has become more comfortable offering his thoughts, but Lindor insisted his concentration is not on the front office. He finished ninth in the NL MVP balloting last year, but he is disappointed. He was not even one of three NL glove gold glove finalists at shortstop. Lindor said his 107 RBI RBI were a, a reflection of teammates getting on in front of him and that he needs to raise his batting average from 270 to capitalize even more. He is thinking what he has to do building the wall. I have to see more pictures. I have to get, get on base more. I have to be a better teammate. Lindor said. I want to be someone that can be counted upon every day. It is one brick at a time for Lindor. Will he construct an all-time mess career? Remains to be seen, and, and yeah, yeah, man, I mean, yeah, I, I kind of feel what Lindor is saying, though. I mean, look, look, he'll do anything to help out his team, man, you know, and and, and, and he's He's one of the best players at shortstop, anyway, man. We're gonna see more of him, as we're gonna see more of him in every particular game as well. And I believe the Mets play against the San Francisco Giants on ESPN, which is probably going on right now. Um, for you, all you um people out there who's a sports fanatic, you can check it. You can check out the. You can check out the game on ESPN that's going on right now. And um, let's see. What else we got here? Okay, so Amazing Avenue um, in a rem- in a rematch of the twenty twenty two Wild Card Series. Hang on a sec. The Mets topped off topped the Padres five zip at City Field. Max Scherzer took the mound at home for the first time this season, and though he pitched five scoreless innings, none of it came easy for Mad Max. Facing a lineup that gave him trouble in the postseason last fall, Scherzer dealt with five full counts in his first time through the order. This along with three walks meant Scherzer had a pitch count that was very high. Because of that, Scherzer only pitched five innings, working around trouble the entire time. He was on the mound. While inefficient, the five innings Scherzer did pitch were very effective, as he allowed just one hit while striking out six batters and not allowing a run. Facing Yu Darvish, the Mets offense was Able to do what they did best last season, put the ball in play and let good things follow. In the third inning, after a Brendan Nimmo single in Francisco Lindor, um HBP with two outs, Jeff McNeil came to the plate and wrote a double down the right field line to give the Mets a two-zip lead. In the seventh inning, um the Mets were able to break the game open following a Mark Canna double and Luis Guillaume bunt single, um, just at that just barely stayed fair the third baseline. Eduardo Escobar flyed out to left field to plate Canna, making it three zip Mets. The next batter was Tomas Needle, who hit a little dribbler right where Guillaume had just bunted. This Ball, just like Guillaume, stopped moving up the line and just barely stayed fair, putting two runners on for the Mets and forcing Udavish out of the game. After a Brandon Nimmo Infield, infield's choice, Francisco Lindor delivered a two-run double to make it five-zip Mets, um, putting the game out of reach from the Padres in relief of Max Scherzer the Mets bullpen was terrific pitching for shutout innings allowing just one hit to secure the victory okay um all oh, right let's go to let me see let me see something here let me see who's in the chat hold on um shout outs to I don't know who this is, promotion Apple Podcast. Like really though. Anyway. Anyway. Um, um all right. So New York Mets open. No, New York's New York Mets announced their 2023 opening day roster on Thursday afternoon. Okay, this is a, a little bit of a recap from um the story that was posted March 30th. Um so the Mets kick off their off season in Miami against the Marlins at 4:10 p.m. on Thursday. So of course, obviously the obviously um the lineup goes Omar Navias who is who is not in the who's who's been sidelined with an injury. He's on the I.L., so we're not sure when he's gonna be back. So we have Tomas Nito, and Fiddles, Luis Guillaume, who did that um Bunt single. <laughs> um Eduardo Escobar, Peter Alonso, Jeff McNeil, Daniel Vogelback, and Francisco Lindor. And of course, outfitters like um, Mark Canna, Brendan Nemo, Stalin Marte, Tim LaCastro, and Tommy Pham. Got pictures, Max Scherzer, David Peterson, Justin Verlander, who's also on the IL, um, Kodai Singer, Carlos Carrasco, Carlos Carrasco, a.k.a. Cookie, um, John Curtis, Stephen Nogosek, Dennis Santana, Brooks Raley, um, david robertson adam adivino drew smith and tommy hunter um of course obviously 15 day injured list is sam coonrod bryce montez de oca um ellie ellie sir hernandez stephen riddings jose quintana and 60 day injured list um Edwin Diaz. Um, so and everything else in between. I will probably um look into um the update of Edwin Diaz in a future episode. So just bear bear with us. So um okay, so let's see what else we got in the tank to talk about here. All right, so let's see. Let's see. Um. All right, let's let's do this. By now, we all know that the that the pitch clock has arrived in Major League Baseball, and the games are looking a lot different, plus a lot faster. You know what else looks different? The t- the television broadcast. Now, as a as, as a viewer, you are always looking at the the clock on the screen to find out whether the hitter is going to get ready in time, and if the pitcher the pitcher is going to throw his pitch in time. Um, it's a little intense. Well, the Mets broadcast took the pitch clock to a new level during Monday night's game against the Padres. Of course, you can check out this dramatic moment during one at bat. Um,
1: <laughs> hold on.
0: holy anxiety and SNY MLB fans were torn on that (laughs) shit man um that's crazy man anyway um let's see let's see what else we got here so many there's so many tweets man (laughs) E <laughs> Okay, so there's some mixed feelings about um about the pitch clock. Some people like it, and and others hated it. And this person says, "I am 100 with absolutely no equivocation pro pro pitch clock, but I but am also great, very grateful. None of the broadcasts I've been watching have decided to do anything like this, and um." I'm, and another person says, I'm basically pro pitch clock, but this is not okay. Um, and this person says, the entire appeal of baseball was, it's weird, old timely, farcical nonsense. All of these rule changes to make it televised better don't work and miss the whole point. Um Another person says, "God, I stress, hate this so much." And for the people who 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 like it, let's see. For the people who who like this, actually. So this person says, "Laughing my ass off. Baseball got Street Fighter two versus screens now. Fire!" <laughs> oh shit! Another person says, "I kind of love the idea of this. Laugh out loud." <laughs> Obviously it's over the top, but it could be fun in September and October. Okay. And and this person says, this was dope. I don't care what anybody says, bring on the drama. And um, another person says, this this 110% should be a national thing. And another person says, this is cinema. (laughs) Um, Every team should hire someone with a film degree to do their broadcast to be honest. Well, I don't know about all of that, but but you know, you know how that shit goes. Anyway, and of course lastly, lastly we need to talk about um three reasons for Met's optimism at the injury filled week clouds 2023 outlook. So let's get into it right here. so and this is from Cbsports.com. Um, let's get into it. So, the New York Mets entered the spring with uh, as much reason for excitement as any team in the majors. They had made the playoffs last season for the first time in six years. And following a disappointing loss to the San Diego Padres in the World Series, uh, San, Diego, San Diego Padres in the Wild Card Series has spent the offseason signing one star after another. Unfortunately, with with less than a fortnight remaining until opening day, that enthusiasm is being tested and perhaps even corroded by injuries. Just consider the events of last week. First, the Mets announced that veteran starter, Jose Quintana will miss the first season, first seasons, hold on. First, the Mets announced that veteran starter Jose Quintana will miss the season's first half following bone graft surgery to his rib area. Then, closer Edwin Diaz suffered a season-ending torn patella tendon while celebrating Puerto Rico's victory in the, in the World Baseball Classic on Wednesday. And to complete the hat trick, starting center fielder, Brandon Nimmo hurt himself on Friday on an awkward slide, Nimmo is considered week to week after su- after suffering a low-grade sprain to his knee and ankle. Um, still, you can understand if the Mets and their fans are feeling out of sorts after an eventful and an anonymous week. That's why in the space below, we've offered up three reasons why Mets should remain optimistic about the year to come. Number one, what's left is still good. One of the modern blessings of being a baseball consumer is that you don't have to rely on your own gut feel, gut feel to measure a team's quality. Rather, there are um oodles of resources available that can help reveal a team's true talent level. To wit, this is the first time of the year where projection systems help establish realistic baselines and expectations. Those projection systems are constructed in a manner that allows them to incorporate new developments throughout the year, be it a team's actual record of injuries. Um, Hold on a sec. In the case of the Mets, we do not have to hem and haw and rely on our own wits to estimate how much Diaz and Quintana absences will harm their standing in the National League East. The projection systems have already been modified. FanGraphs Zips, for instance, knows that Diaz won't throw a single pitch this season and that Quintana won't get a full slate of starts. And even still, Zips has... The Mets down for 89 wins, or the fifth most in baseball. SportsLine meanwhile has the Mets tab for 93 wins. Now, projection systems aren't perfect mechanisms. Even the best tend to miss on average by five games per team. They are particularly finicky, finicky. Excuse me. When it comes to relievers, since their profs, since bit, excuse me, since their impact is situationally dependent in ways that other positions are not. It also won't make the Mets feel fans feel better that the Atlanta Braves are one of the four teams pegged for more than 89 wins. Um Yeah. So the Braves in 93 wins are forecasted by Zips to be the majors top team. Um Nevertheless, the Mets roster remains one of the most talented in the majors, and their chances of winning the division should not be discounted just because one system doesn't see them as the preseason favorites. Having a full season of Diaz and Quintana would make them even better. Of course, but that leads to us to it leads us to the next point. There's ample time to atone for those losses. Okay, so number two, they have the means to upgrade. After Diaz's injury was diagnosed, there was a rush on social media to figure out who the Mets could acquire to take his place. With with due respect to those ordering custom David Bednar Mets jerseys, the answer at this time of the year is probably no one. Teams are always reluctant to trade meaningful contributors this close to opening day um lest they give the clubhouse and fan base the wrong impression heading into the long season the Mets may still have may still find some lower grade to lower grade help over the coming weeks um but a trade for a high quality closer will likely have to wait until the summer um That's not an ideal solution, but we think that it's helpful to remember the Mets will have the time and the means to bolster their roster. Indeed, there's enough talent on the Mets' farm system to envision them making meaningful midseason additions. Catcher Francisco Alvarez, the the third baseman, Brett Beatty, made their big, big league debuts last season and could end up factoring into the Mets lineup this year, even if the those two prove to be important parts of the equation and make themselves untradeable. There's also a pair of first-round picks from last summer, catcher Kevin Pareda and shortstop Jet Williams, as well as outfielder Alex Ramirez, righty Blade Tidwell, shortstop Ronnie Mauricio, and third baseman Mark Vientos. Um, the Mets are expected to be in the running for Los Angeles Angels um, two-way Phenom Shohei Otani if, if and when he's made available, should the Angels play well enough to remain in the hunt and delay the Mets' pursuit until the winter. General Manager Billy Epler should still be be able to make a splash before the stretch run that will likely entail adding a good reliever and an attempt to counterbalance um diaz's absence but it could also mean means showing up another weakness elsewhere on the roster and of course um number three um It's a long season. Let's face it. Injuries are an inevitable part of the baseball season. It stinks whenever they happen. And especially especially stinks when one team is hit with them in a cluster the way the Mets have been the past week plus. But the Mets aren't going to be the only team to suffer losses on these grounds every club will have their roster compromised throughout the season with some expectations on both sides of the spectrum those injuries will probably even out for example of what we mean Just look at the rest of the NL East. The Phillies could be without Bryce Harper until midseason and may not be able to play him in the outfield once he returns. The Braves, meanwhile, will not have top reliever Tyler Matzik after he underwent Tommy John surgery last fall. You can argue about which injury which injury hurts more. We're certainly not implying those players are equals or that they're lost production washes out. But the larger point remains true. The Mets were never, ever going to get through the regular season without some trials and tribulations. No team will. The only things you can hope for as a fan are one, that the remaining team is good enough to get the job done. And two, that the front office has the means to, to add even more talent to offset the losses as the year goes on. In those respects, the Mets still very much have reason for optimism. And there you have it right there, man. There you have it. There you have it. Um. Okay. So... All right, let's get into our last segment of the day, which is going to be one second here. Yes, let's go to stream Choices on the go. This is where I fill you in on where you can follow the podcast and stream platforms. Okay, here we go all right of course y'all know the routine y'all know the routine though um of course for all you sports fanatics out there you like the sports topics that's being discussed today in today's episode whatsoever um please feel free to go ahead and show your love by following um Excellent fun vibrant talks podcast, which is TLKS, which is what it stands for. It stands for talks on Instagram. Make sure you follow my other podcast show, which is um the review show, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast. And alongside with um and alongside with um my number one show off the Meat Rat Chains Chains New York podcast on Facebook and Instagram, as well as myself, G Money Stacks on the gram, which is G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Turn on your notifications so you can be reminded on, on when each episode is going to be dropping and along with the sports topics. All right. So, and of course, you can, you're more than welcome to actually, um, you're more than welcome to actually um to, to to comment on what you thought about the sports topics in today's episode. And um and of course, um of course, obviously there's gonna be some more stuff that we gotta talk about here. And um, yeah, so <laughs> so if you go to the link bar, right, you're gonna see a whole list of of audio streaming platforms where it says "excellent fun vibrant talks pod." All right, so when you go there, you're gonna see a whole list of um, audio streaming platforms on there. So you could be able to follow um, every streaming platform on the go. Um, yeah, on the go actually, and. And, um, and by the way, let me see something real quick so I can get you, so I can get the episode title, um, for you. Um, all right. So let's get in, let's, let's get into it though, man. You know, so when you go to the Lincoln bar, you're going to have, you're going to see audacity. You're going to see, um, hold on a sec. Okay, so um, as I was saying before, starting with Audacity, um, Audible, Amazon Music, um, Breaker, Bullhorn FM, Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, PockyCast, PodFriend, PodHound, Podopolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Attic, PodChaser, Podverse, Podcast Guru, Podvine, spotify stitcher TuneIn radio and spotify for podcasters radio public iheartradio Yes, iHeartRadio, the number one app for music, radio, and podcasts. And you don't need a credit card to, to download iHeartRadio or a debit card to do that as well. Um, so make sure you follow the sports podcast platform right here Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast. And make sure you follow um, Meticulous Vibrant Juice podcast review show and also follow. Um, my number one show, Off the Meat Rack, Chains New York podcast, and finally, make sure you go ahead and grab that subscribe button for me on the sports YouTube channel page of Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast. Click on the noni noni bell alongside with with alerts, so you can be reminded on when the show, um goes on the air via live stream along with the the date and the time so leave a like and a comment along with the episodes stay tuned for more video content upcoming episodes previous episodes don't forget to download the episodes rate five stars don't forget to don't forget to share the videos share the episodes listen stream watch the episodes in case you miss any of the sports episodes with the topics and friend to another friend and of course be sure to be sure to share the link that says link tree slash excellent fun vibrant talks pod along with your husbands your wives your boyfriends girlfriends and Your friends, the people you cool with from work and everywhere else in between. And, um, and, um, hold on. yes um as I was saying before because of the loud planes um yes yeah, so um yeah share the podcast along with the link it says link tree slash excellent friend vibrant talks pod with your f- husbands your wives your boyfriends girlfriends friends the people you cool with from work whether you meet new people at um festivities, carnivals, amusement parks, uh, birthdays, birthday parties, uh, block parties, barbecues, wherever you meet new people, all right? So that's gonna do it for me, man. That's gonna do it for me. I'm your man, G Money Stacks. Hold on a second. Yeah, I'm your man, G-Money Stacks, a.k.a. The Greginator. Thank you very much for listening to episode 60 of this sports podcast, also titled New York Have Made It With Their Game Phrase. Yes, New York have made it with their game phrase. All right. So, um, and like I, like i always say at the end of the show um hard work pays off if you want something you have to earn it it's not going to be it's not going to be given to you straight like that so if you want something you have to earn it new york wasn't built in a day and of course of course be sure to be sure to um, you know, find your voice. Be yourself. Be the best you could be, in whatever career field you you're doing. Follow your goals and dreams, and of course, and of course, um, and of course, you know, look and find f- something that clicks to you, that gets you on your p's and q's, and alongside with consistency. Creatively mentally physically and spiritually that gets you into your zone alongside with tunnel vision and remember in words of in the words of ivy Ivy rivera um you, you 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 have to you have to validate yourself no nobody's gonna validate you but you you have to you have to be confident in your craft and what you're doing you know what i'm saying so yeah that's gonna do it that's gonna do it man peace and one love and i hope y'all um have a the, a great rest of your weekend and of course check out the action going on with um the Mets versus the san francisco giants that's going on espn right now a- anybody who has espn of course you can check your local listings and stuff whatsoever. So there you go right there. Peace out, one love. Enjoy yourselves. Good night, everybody. What's up, everyone? G Money Stacks here, and I need your help on a couple of things. Go follow Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast on Instagram so you can be in the know on sports topics I talk about in each episode on a weekly basis on Instagram Live. Plus, go grab the subscribe button, click on the notification bell, and enable alerts on the sports YouTube channel page, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, so you can be reminded on the day and time when the podcast goes on the air via live stream. You can go to the link in bar where it says Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Pod so you can download each app to listen to podcast episodes, including Anchor FM, which is partnered with Spotify for podcasters, Audacity, Audible, Amazon Music, Breaker, CastBox FM, Deezer, um, Google Podcast, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast. Player FM, Pocket Cast, Pod Podhound, Pod Hound, Podopolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Attic, Podchaser, Podverse, Podcast Guru, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. You can download these apps that I just mentioned here onto your iPhones, Android, Phones, alongside with iPads, Android tablets, laptops included, Apple, Mac, Dell laptops, Windows. Any Windows versions you have, you can download it to your Dell laptops as well. I'm your man, G Money Stacks, a.k.a. The Gregonator. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. You could have listened to any podcast in the whole world, but you chose to listen to this sports podcast right here. I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you very much for choosing to listen to this podcast. I love y'all. Peace and one love. And enjoy yourselves. in the rest of the week. And good night. One love.